That's like some atomic blonde shit. Yeah, this is on our streets. This is in London. This is why you don't fuck with Eastern Europe. Because they will fuck with you. They'll shoot a rice and pellet right up your ass. Well, hello everybody. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Dobbishit. And you're listening to Crash on My Couch. Which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet. Of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie D? That is right. This week on Crash on My Couch, we talk about how staying up late is killing you. We talk about a gun that can give you a heart attack. Whoa. And we also talk about a hurricane that could shoot you. Or maybe you shoot a hurricane and it shoots you back. This week and more on Crash Crash on My my Couch. Couch. Thanks to BarkBox for supporting Crash on My Couch. BarkBox is a very cool subscription service that delivers a selection of treats and toys for your dog right to your door each month. Make sure to visit BarkBox.com crash for a free extra month of BarkBox when you subscribe to a 6 or 12 month plan. All right. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to Crash on My Couch. Is that, your, is that how you introduce your YouTube videos too? Every time you do them? Yeah. Hello. That's what I say to you every morning, right, when I wake up. No. Hello. I'm going to start doing it. It really bugs me because it just reminds me of those terrible Twin Peaks episodes that... Dougie. Oh, God. I can't watch it anymore. It's gotten a little bit more interesting, but, oh, gosh. If you've been watching, you know that we have had um quite the run of episodes from uh, Mr... What's his name? David Lynch. David Lynch. We've had quite the episodes from Mr. David Lynch. All very interesting, very weird. I don't know how to feel about them anymore. Um, we started a new show. Oh my gosh. Did we start a new show? <laughs> and by start a new show, I mean we watched seven, seven one-hour long episodes Yeah, yesterday, yesterday um, we were like browsing and um, I see this show called The Sinner and I saw the trailer. You know what's funny? I saw the trailer for it like... A couple of weeks ago, and I just completely forgot about it. Mm. Um, but yeah, we saw it on iTunes, and we were like, "Bam, let's watch this." Mm-hmm. Watched the first episode, and we were hooked. Mm. So. Yeah, and so we started watching it progressively throughout the night, and ultimately we watched like seven episodes. It's so good. Not a big deal. It's kind of one of the best shows on TV right now. I'm obsessed with it. It's like, um, like murder, mystery, crime, drama. Yeah, it's about like a normal. This happens like the first like half an hour of the show. It's about a normal lady who has a kid and a family and she's down the beach with her family and then all of a sudden she hears some music and sees a guy on the beach like fondling his girlfriend mm-hmm. and she proceeds to get up and violently murder him like stab him to death yeah yeah she's just about this like normal normal person just on the beach that decides to just murder this random dude and like it's totally out of the blue comes out of nowhere like she viciously kills him yeah and it's about like, what the hell happened, basically. Yeah, because we don't really know what happened. And we're still, like, figuring out what happened. Still trying to pick happened. up the pieces. Seven, seven episodes later, we have, like, an inkling of what happened. But we're, like, getting it a little bit more. A little yeah. bit more. There are only two episodes left, though. So if you want to go catch up. And you then, guys like, should watch it. Tweet at us, because it's... It's oh called The God. Sinner. It's called The Sinner. And it is so it's good. It's seriously good. It's also a little bit disturbing. Just FYI. It's not exactly, like, the most, like, heart... Um, what's it called? Like, uh... Wholesome? Wholesome, that's what I'm trying to say. It's not the most wholesome show that's ever existed. So just know that. You're watching something that's a bit dark. And by a bit, I mean very dark. Yeah. I mean, someone gets stabbed to death in the first, like... <laughs> My type of show. The show. 
Um, but anyways, yeah, so that's what we've been doing, in case you were wondering. We've got some fun stuff coming up. Uh, Skrilly Bum is still prepping for all of his short film stuff, which is always good and always a fun time. I'm staying an extra week in London, which is great, because it means I get to hang out and support him in his endeavors, and also we're going to try to film a YouTube video together. Ain't that right, homie? Yeah, that's right, homie. I really want to do a YouTube video where we're just um, exploring our favorite subreddits together. I think that'd be really fun. So that's yeah. like the next one that we're... need we'll... to do it. I know. <laughs> Hopefully we can record it like tomorrow or even today because like I'm desperate. Maybe not today because we've, we've got fun stuff planned for Connor's birthday. But anyways, moving on. Let's get into our first segment. What's our first segment? Our first segment is... Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. It's the Weekly Idiot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Beautiful. Obviously, um, all of the hurricanes and natural disasters that have been going on in our country, in America, and also across the world right now, um, are not fun. None of that is fun. All of us are, are not happy about that. Hence the reason why in our last episode, we kind of capped off the end of the episode talking about all the charities that you can donate to, especially for Hurricane Irma, which is now rocked through the Caribbean and is in Florida. And it's just, it's not a great situation. But what I can tell you is it also brings out some really funny goofs and gaffes (laughs) that can happen when people realize they have to deal with a natural disaster. Um, So this is on USA Today. This is an article uh, about Florida, and the title is, Florida Sheriff's Office Warns People Not to Shoot at Hurricane Irma. I think that's just brilliant. (laughs) The image of it is like something out of a bad action movie, like just like (laughs) unloading a clip like into a hurricane. Into a hurricane. Ah, hurricane. And then that person just gets mowed down. That's all that I see. But okay, so this is the Pasco Sheriff um, who tweeted, to clarify, DO NOT, in all caps, Shoot weapons at hashtag Irma. You won't make it turn around and it will have very dangerous side effects. You won't make it turn around and will have very you dangerous imagine, side like, effects. Imagine, like, people actually think, like, that shooting at it is just going to be, like, it's going to, like... It'll well, go away. <laughs> well, I've been taught a lesson. But also, it's kind of like, how stupid do you have to be? <laughs> to do that. Well, also, the... <laughs> listen, honey, <laughs> there's a whole subreddit on Reddit called Florida Man. And it's about all the Floridians that end up, like, getting eaten by alligators or, like, lost in swamps or whatever. Like, there's a whole breed of people in Florida. There's some really wonderful, obviously very wonderful people. But they've also got some weirdos that live in Florida. So this this doesn't surprise me at all. Um, There's a picture that goes with it, a diagram. I'll show this to you, Will, so you can see it. That's the diagram. It basically shows that if you shoot a gun at a hurricane... It's going to spit it back out at the same velocity, basically. Because if the winds are going at like 135 miles per hour, that (laughs) means that a bullet will shoot out at 135 miles per hour if it gets caught in like the cylindrical. So you're basically killing yourself. Yeah. You're shooting a bullet for it to like fly back. (laughs) Or hurt someone else. That's the other thing. Oh, gosh. And okay, so this is what the chief said. Over 99% of the people out there have common sense and are listening, but we in law enforcement deal with the 1%, so we're trying to get the message to them. (laughs) We deal with the 1%. Agreed. People should probably not go outside at all when the storm hits, and certainly not guns a-blazing. Wow. Dude, this is going to sound really stupid, but like... Hurricanes, do they uh, traditionally, like, you know, you have twisters and you have hurricanes. What's the big difference, uh, visually speaking, between a hurricane and a twister? Um, a twister is more like 
Are you talking about a tornado? Uh, Twister tornado? Tornado, yeah. Yeah. Tornadoes are typically inland, and mm. hurricanes are like tropical storms that turn into like basically yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like a water tornado. Okay, got it. So like when you see the pictures of the Caribbean where all the water got picked up yeah, and yeah, taken yeah. somewhere else. It's been sucked. Yeah, it's like categorized by like heavy rainfall, heavy winds. But it looks like that kind of cylindrical. Yeah, it's thing. it's it's sort of the same thing. I would say it's a little bit like um, tornadoes touch down, they hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that's and they when move they around like uh, Tasmania. Yeah, Tasmania and, and they come from high pressure and low pressure systems colliding, uh, and so it, it creates a cylinder. And when that touches ground, that's when you get disasters, like like whole towns just getting yeah, like yeah. blown out. But for the most part, a hurricane is really scary because it's a little bit wider, it's a bit bigger. It's like the winds and the rain are what's scarier than like it touching ground and suddenly ripping up a building. Cool. Like, gotcha. obviously it still can do that. It'll take away like a roof very easily, but it's less likely to like, well, no, I shouldn't say that they like hurricanes as well. There was a whole thing. I remember when, <laughs> when the hurricane, I think it was hurricane Katrina. It was a lot of cars got picked up and thrown in different places. And that was a pretty crazy thing because if you think about how heavy a car is, like yeah, for that to, so heavy. for that to end up like 4,000 miles away, like not four thousand, but like four hundred miles away. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I was I was saying to Arden yes, like a couple of days ago, like we're so at mercy to like stuff like this, natural disasters. Yeah. Like, well, you, you just go about your like day and do what you can and just live your life. But then when a giant tornado happens, it just it just fucks. You're out. You're out, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, even like I was talking to I wasn't talking to I was watching Graveyard Girls videos, <laughs> and she was talking about how there's this thing called the hundred year floodplains. Yeah. Which basically means that when you get insurance on your house uh, in the south, typically in like some parts of Texas, including Houston, there's an insurance that you get that basically says when you buy a house or rent a house that it is not predicted to flood in the next hundred years. And that you use that as insurance money against like basically flood right. damages. But you basically buy the house thinking that it will not flood. If, even if there's a really bad storm, that house will not flood. And so there's this... Floodproof. Yeah, floodproof, basically, is what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like, if, if worse came to worse, nothing would happen to this house. Nah. But, unfortunately, because of Irma and Harvey, that's just like... It's mostly Harvey for Texas, but it's just completely shattered, like, that entire concept. <laughs> like, I guess this was the 100-year mark. back to, like, the real estate guy and be like, well... Well, thanks a lot yeah. for selling me my house. Like... Well, I guess one thing's for sure. Shooting at a hurricane, hurricane. isn't going to help you out too much. No. So maybe don't shoot at a hurricane. I think that's just, like, an obvious thing. Maybe don't do that. Torching one. That's, that's another... No, nope, Don't thing. do that either. Get also... flame for Just nope, go at it. wouldn't work at all. It's rain. So it would just... Burn the flamethrower out. Sorry. No. It's not going to happen. Um, but anyways, everybody stay safe out there. Um, I know we've got a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now. So stay safe. Stay inside. Evacuate as you can. We heard a really cool thing. Well, this is like kind of a go science thing. But didn't Tesla, like, what did you say? Tesla added like 40 gallons of gas to... Yeah, I think they added, they, they made their batteries um, drive for longer. In Florida? Uh, in Florida, yeah, like for Floridians. So it means that you get an extra 40 miles, I think. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I want to see this. I'm going to look that up real quick because I want to see if, if there's... I'm sure there's a news article about it. Yeah, I read the news article about it. Yeah, look. Boom. Yeah, this is from UPI. Tesla extends battery life for Irma evacuees. I 
didn't even know you could do this. That's why it blows my mind. Yeah, it's kind of like, I think you can like have different types of batteries and they can go for different distances if you have more money and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like it has the, the battery has the, the like potential to go longer, but like you're not allowed it unless you like pay more money or da da da. So they just unlocked it. They were like, there you go. That's so cool. Yeah, it says that you would normally spend for $4,500 to $9,000 more for the longer battery life. Yeah. So they just gave all these people that were trying to get out of Irma, like, let's average it out to around $7,000 worth of like life saving battery life. Yeah. How cool is that? Go Tesla. That's like good guy Tesla. That's like um, hero of the week. Time to take a little break and talk about our sponsor this week. Our Ooh, yeah, right? Tell me. Uh-huh. <laughs> this one's a very cute sponsor. I'm excited about this sponsor because our sponsor this week is BarkBox. BarkBox is a very cool subscription service that delivers a selection of treats and toys for your dog right to your door each month. Thanks Ooh. to BarkBox for supporting Crash on My Couch. For a free extra month of BarkBox, go to BarkBox.com slash Crash when you subscribe to a 6 or 12 month plan. Basically, BarkBox is a subscription service that delivers a box of 4 to 6 natural treats and fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. That's so cute. Which is very cute. Now, as you guys know, Will and I don't have a dog, sadly. We're deeply sad about that. Um, But... Our friend Amanda has a dog named Mindy, which is very cute, and she got to test out the box herself. We have pictures of it. It's maybe the cutest thing I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> the one that she got that was themed was New York City. So she got new NYC beef jerky tre- treats, a Statue of Liberty squeaky ball toy, and a Chinese takeout dumpling puzzle toy. And it is <laughs> pretty darn cute, especially the little takeout one. It's got literally like little dumplings, like three or four little dumplings inside that the takeout box. That is so cute. Uh huh. And it looks like Mindy really enjoyed it. There are some pictures of her having a real go at the takeout box, and that's very She's really cute. tucking into it. Mm-hmm. And it looks like she probably tucked into the treats a little bit earlier. So that's really adorable. But you know, if you're someone who loves your dog and you like all natural treats and something that isn't going to be harmful, but also you're one of those people that likes to surprise your pup with a little present every month. I think it's a really cool way to do that. And also, each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair, Bark Ball, Poo York City. Poo York City, that's etc. unbelievable. Mm-hmm, which is pretty cute. And it does it all right to your door. You basically... It's free shipping on any Bark Box within the continental US. Yeah! Um, and it's pretty cool because you can tell BarkBox how big your dog is and choose a monthly plan subscription and you can cancel it anytime. So if you have a bigger dog, they'll give you bigger toys, which is so cute. And if you have a small dog, they'll give you smaller toys. That's so great. I know. If so we, cute. if if not if we, when we get a dog. Thank you. <laughs> um, this sounds like a great option. Yeah, this is something that we will be doing. <laughs> because I just want to smother my dog with all the fun things in life. Oh, yeah. We, and we've these been... <laughs> toys, guys, these snacks look so adorable. They're so cute. They're all just, like, so cute. And if your dog, like, falls in love with something in particular and you're like, oh, dang it, how am I going to get these artisan treats that I'm never going to be able to find again? You can actually order them um, on the website at BarkShop.com or in the BarkBox Oh, so that's cool. So if you really like something, you can order it again. Yeah, which is cool. If your friends and family want to get one too, it's a great gift. If you have some, you know, I know that especially in LA, we have a lot of friends that have dogs that they love more than I think if they had children. Yes. So, you know, it's a great way to have um, like a present as well. A good Christmas present too. if, If you know a dog lover that really, really loves to treat their pup. 
And also, all the edibles are made in USA or Canada, so they're not made of a bunch of gunky stuff from somewhere you don't know where it came from. And also, it's shipped right to your door. And if you don't like something, if the dog doesn't like it, or for whatever reason it doesn't treat you, treat yourself as well as you would like it to, BarkBox will replace any items you or your dog doesn't like from the box and send you something else for free. That's great. For a free extra month of BarkBox, go to BarkBox.com slash crash when you subscribe to a 6 or 12 month plan. That's BarkBox.com slash crash for a free extra month. Thanks, BarkBox. Thanks, BarkBox. Anyways, moving on. It's time to talk about something that I think Will is very excited about. In our next segment, Conspiracy Camp. Let's go to Conspiracy Camp. So this is really funny, and this is like totally different to our last segment. There was like no correlation. No, there's no way to say this. And oh, maybe no, nothing. No. So oh, I um, see where you're going, but no. No. Um, (laughs) So this conspiracy is something pretty interesting Mm -hmm. because it gets you thinking as well. Opens up some doors in your head. You know, Mm -hmm. you're like you're walking around now thinking. What else can they do? Uh-huh. Also, I should point out that, as with most conspiracies, this is on conspiracy.wikia.com. Um, and <laughs> I feel like every conspiracy theory is on a sketchy website. Can we clarify this, though, before I say it? Because it says it was revealed in 1975. So they're purporting, like, this is, like... This is a real this thing. This is actually true. So, basically, there's this thing called the CIA heart attack gun. Wow. And the CIA heart attack gun is a weapon that was revealed in 1975 at a hearing of a committee led by Frank Church. Apparently, I need to double check this. Mm -hmm. At the hearing, Church showed off the CIA's heart attack gun. The gun is electrically powered by a battery and fires an extremely small bullet of ice with frozen shellfish toxin in the center. Once fired, the bullet enters the target and melts without a trace, except for a small red mark on the victim from where the bullet entered. The victim will feel a small pinch or nothing at all. The cause of death of victims is said to be heart attacks, and the gun is used by the CIA to commit assassinations that can't be traced back to them. Many believe that CIA is still using this gun today. So that sounds like it's something that was actually discovered and not something that was just made up. But let me, I'm going to all look it up. I'll research it real quick. I mean, if, even if it, if it is real, that's pretty, it's pretty wild. It's, I mean, it says that this was in, uh, it was a testif- it was a testimony that was, um, declassified in 1975 and that there's a video of, of the testimony of the guy explaining. Wow. Yeah. What, what it was. So. That is, that is upsetting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't know who. Who could have potentially died from this? I mean, I always remember... I don't know if you remember this, but I I had this book that was on the Cold War. Yep. And it was about espionage. Like, I had a spy book. Yep. And I read it, and I remember there was this one thing that always freaked me out. And it, let me see if I can find it. But it was that there was an umbrella that had, at the point of it had a poison dart. And if you, like, hit someone with it, it would... Same thing. It would just feel like a little sting... But then it would poison you and you die of like cyanide poisoning or like something crazy, like a toxin. Well, see, here's the thing. It's like you hear about this type of stuff and like 
They, they must have weapons that do this all the time. You know it. Because I just, I just typed it. in on Google and, like, people were saying, like, apparently it could be used for, like, cancer as well. It's like, you could potentially, like... I've heard that too. someone with cancer and give someone cancer. Mm-hmm. So, like, that is nuts to think about. Because, like, you could... You, it's, you can't trace it and that person is probably going to die. They, they just end up in a hospital and yeah. you think, oh, they just have cancer, you know? And it, that's so terrifying. Yeah, look. This person actually existed. So, this was in 1978 that he died. That wasn't that long ago. That's so scary. He was assassinated on a London street via a micro-engineered pellet containing ricin, fired into his leg via an umbrella wielded by someone associated with the Bulgarian secret police. What? Like, what? Homie. That's like that's like some atomic blonde shit. Yeah, this is on our streets. This is in London. This is why you don't fuck with Eastern Europe because they will fuck with you. They'll shoot a rice and pellet right up your ass. Oh my god, terrifying. Well, there was like that whole thing. Um, like, there's so many mysterious killings and stuff. Like, did you hear about the Gareth Williams one? No. He was a uh, Welsh mathematician and employee of the GCHQ, seconded to the Secret Intelligence Service, MI6. And he was found dead in a suspicious in a suspicious circumstance at Security Service Safe House flat in Pimlico. The inquest found that his death was unnatural and likely to have been criminally meditated. So basically, he was found in a red North Face bag padlocked from the outside in the bath the main bedroom's ensuite bathroom the police again entry into the top floor flat on Alderney Street Pimlico around 4.40 his family believed the crucial DNA was interfered with and that fingerprints left the scene were wiped off as part of a cover up no fingerprints, palm prints footprints or traces of Williams DNA were found in the rim of the bath and the bag zip or the bag padlock a key to the padlock was inside the bag underneath his body what the fuck? So, to sum up, an MI6 agent, mathematician, was found in a um, safe house, zipped in a giant red bag, padlocked from the outside, and the key was in the bag with him. And there were no traces of like an, a break-in, no traces of footsteps, uh, DNA, absolutely nothing. Okay, and, so the government killed him. And like... I think to this day, no one, no one knows what happened. I'm gonna say the government killed him. I don't know how else that would work out. Like, obviously, I think MI6. People think it could be something to do with the KGB. Mm, maybe um, he was. Maybe he was a double agent or something. We didn't know it. And some, yeah, some people think he was a double agent. I could see that. But that's that's just mental, isn't it? I know. Was so that like, on Wikipedia, by the way? Uh, that was on Wikipedia, but it's a kind of a known case in the UK. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's funny. Like you hear about this stuff, and you try and just work out what must have happened. And, like the yeah. heart attack gun, like that could be used on anyone. It's crazy. Well, and I remember when I was little, I used to get so scared about that kind of thing. I was like, what if I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time, and I get a ricin bullet in my heart or a heart a attack ricin gun bullet by an umbrella? By an umbrella, it shoots out. It was like a mechanism. It shot out from an umbrella. They had the umbrella in this like case. Like they showed what it looked like. How crazy is that? Like, this is something that actually existed. I mean, when you think about it, espionage is, like, a very serious business. I mean, the guy who... uh, We don't really know the full story on that guy. Like, maybe he was about to tell a secret that they don't know about. Maybe he was a secret agent for Mm. the KGB. Cold War era shenanigans. We don't know. But for this guy, he was just saying that he he had criticism against the Bulgarian regime. Like, he he was smearing mud on the people in the inner, inner circles. So they just hired an assassin to go to London... And kill him. It makes you think, like, do you think, like, 
obviously not to this level, but like there have got to be people like who are like MI6 agents, like not 007 level, but like people like that who are they're just traveling, killing people. Yeah. Oh, for where sure. are they? For who sure. are they? We I know. don't know. I know, but it's a very real thing. It's just crazy to think about. You don't you don't imagine it, but it must. There must be people like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I love how we started on the heart attack gun. But, like, also, I want to know what prompted them to make this. Like, who were they originally going to kill with the heart attack gun? Yeah. You know what I mean? What was the, who was the original OG target? And how many people do we know in higher political positions in different countries that have been killed with the heart attack gun? I feel like espionage is a huge gun. thing. Or the cancer gun. We don't know. I mean, the 70s were a wild time for espionage, obviously. But also, all this declassification is crazy. Like, if you go through all of the government conspiracies about um, the Cold War and, uh, like, the 60s, all the psychological testing yeah. in the 60s, which we talked about the a little LSD bit. LSD stuff. Yeah, all the LSD trials and all of that. All of them trying to, um, like, coerce people into telling things, trying to create the ultimate truth serum. All of that, it's crazy that we did that at one yeah. point. Yeah. Like, it blows my mind that yeah. that was just something that our government just funded. Yeah. That we, as an American people, we were giving money to this all the time. Jeez. America was a wild time. Like, we were wild. Everywhere was wild. Every, yeah. Oh, my God. And Eastern Europe was very wild, <laughs> obviously. Especially Bulgaria, apparently. Um, if anybody's from Bulgaria, please leave us alone. We love you. Uh, it's nothing... We, we... Don't kill us with an umbrella. <laughs> don't kill us with a rice and umbrella, please. I don't want it. I don't want it. But just think about, like, the person that was using the umbrella. Yeah, because it doesn't say, does it? How much of a fucking dope person was, like, walking around with an umbrella and then just shot, shot a rice and bullet? Just shot a rice and bullet. Just shot a racing bullet. Aimed, set up a shot, just killed him. Wait, was that a shot? Did he like stab him with it? Fired into his leg. Fired into his leg. Fired into his leg. Also, it just says the person was associated with the Bulgarian secret police. It doesn't even say who it is. It doesn't even say who it is. They didn't even know who ultimately killed him. Yeah, agents of the Bulgarian secret police. Darzavna Zignorsk. Bulgarian. Nice. Sure. You did the best for what you got. Sure. Assisted by the KGB, had previously made two failed attempts to kill Markov before a third attempt succeeded. Wow. Markov walked across Waterloo Bridge, spanning the River Thames. How epic. Waterloo wa- Bridge. <laughs> and waited at a bus stop to take a bus to his job at the BBC. He he worked at the BBC. He felt a slight sharp pain as a bug bite or a sting on the back of his right thigh. He looked behind him and saw a man picking up an umbrella off the ground. The man hurriedly crossed the other side of the street and got in a taxi and then drove away. The event is called is called recalled as the Umbrella Murder, with the assassin claimed to be Francesco Golino, no, codenamed Piccadilly. Piccadilly. Codename Piccadilly. Piccadilly. Waterloo Bridge. Piccadilly. Waiting for a bus. When he arrived at work at the BBC World Service office, uh, Markov noticed a small red pimple had formed at the side of the sting he had felt earlier, and the pain had not lessened or stopped. He told at least one of his colleagues at the BBC about this incident. The evening, he developed a fever and was admitted to St. James Hospital in Belhem, where he died four days later on 11th of September, 1978, at the age of 49. The cause of death was poisoning from a ricin-filled bullet. What the fuck? So wait, can you not get... Is there not like a... a diagram of it. So scary. Diagram of possible umbrella gun. Oh my gosh. I want an umbrella gun. I want one. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, Dr. Bernard Riley, a forensic pathologist, discovered a spherical metal pellet the size of a pinhead embedded in Markov's leg. Whoa. Umbrella gun. Is there a cure for ricin? Let's see. 
No antidotes exist for ricin. Prompt medical care is critical. Ricin poisoning is treated by giving the victim supportive care to minimize the effects of the poison. So you're just dead. Yeah, you're pretty much just dead. Wow. You're just dead. It, so they chose the best poison for it. They didn't we'll get him the first time. KJB. Piccadilly. Agent Piccadilly. <laughs> Agent Piccadilly. On Waterloo Bridge. Oh my god. Wearing, he's probably wearing a trench coat. Oh, definitely and wearing wait, a trench coat. It would have to be raining. It was raining? No point for an umbrella. Why would there be an umbrella? So it's raining. It's on Waterloo Bridge. And he takes him out. You That's love it. A, oh my god, I wish you could see Will's face right now. He's loving it. That's his. an image, isn't it? Oh my god, you love it so much. You can't make that up. No. You can't make it up. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. So, uh, Will, you know what else could kill you, though? Tell other, me. Other than a rising bullet. Tell me. Your schedule. Wow. I'm excited. Tell me more. Okay. Next up on our segment, Go Science! Go science! Go, Go science. science! Yay! Go science! Okay. This is on popularscience.com. Popsci.com. Popsci. Popsci. Get your popular science now. Um, okay, your schedule could be killing you. Modern lifestyles are at war with the way our bodies evolved to function. And I fully believe in this. Um, basically, this article goes on to um, describe the average working conditions of um, a doctor, a nurse, and any kind of medical facility, and how their schedules are. I'm paraphrasing this so that we, because it's a very long article. Basically, their schedules are are completely dictated in shifts, and anyone who works in an ER or a hospital knows that. For the most part, you are running on like twenty percent energy. Yeah. If you're anything, security guards, like uh, anything. Yeah. If you're if you if you have a late night shift, you are never doing your job to the fullest potential. So a lot of people have been saying that the medical world needs to figure out a way to compensate for that and give doctors and nurses and people who work in medical facilities proper rest, or they'll make mistakes because it's true. If I was working on, you know. Three hours of sleep at seven in the morning after working an eight-hour shift, you are going to make mistakes. You're going to give someone the wrong medication. Unless you're sleeping though in the day and then waking up at night. But but tell me. But even that they're saying is incredibly harmful to your health. And let me tell you why. Tell me. Um, a single night shift has cognitive effects going out for a week, says Herring, a Harvard-trained physician. When you are done, you are a burger meat, crispy fried. People will tell you the next day that they are rested up, but they aren't, and mistakes occur. This phenomenon isn't re- unique to the ER. Nocturnal labor presents risks to roughly 15 million shift workers in the United States alone. Wow. Major industrial accidents, such as the meltdown at the Three Mile Island nuclear reactor in 1979, occur disproportionately in the dead hours before dawn. The graveyard shift, it turns out, is aptly named. Those who regularly endure it are also at higher risk for depression, obesity, diabetes, and cancer. In fact, the correlation is so strong that in 2010, the World Health Organization went so far as to classify late-night work as a probable carcinogen. Wow. So they're saying that... Working late at night is the same thing as having like like a cancer causing ingredient in your kitchen. Like just because you are you're you feel you're feeling so lonely and because you are tired and you are stressful and you're not seeing sunlight necessarily because yep. you're not sleeping in the day. Yep. But on top of that, it and and all of those are true, babe, but also Tell me. It's because biologists have come to believe that the negative effects happen because toiling through the wee hours screws with our circadian rhythm. 
mysterious internal timing mechanisms that can be modulated by external cues like light and temperature. In fact, every animal and plant on the planet, even certain bacteria, has evolved with these cellular oscillations. They dictate hundreds of other crucial crucial processes, turning energy on and off in 24-hour cycles. They orchestrate our daily peak rhythms for things like cognition, fat synthesis, and even hair growth. So just getting to sleep at the right hour every single day and waking up at the right time every single day, getting your full eight hours, but while you're asleep, it actually being nighttime is so important for all of our bodily functions. That's so crazy to think about. I know. And these internal clocks, with which biologists are just starting to research and understand in detail, are constantly syncing based on what food we eat, our exercise routines, social interactions, and light patterns. Whether we know it or not, we're constantly working against them. And this is even crazier. This part, like made me really think about staying up late. <laughs> in 2006, University of Virginia researchers turned on the lights in the cages of lab mice six hours earlier than normal once a week for eight weeks, preventing them from resetting their clocks. So instead of turning, they would only basically, theoretically, they would only get two hours of actual nighttime. Right. So the, the other six hours that they would have had, like eight hours of sleep. It they, was bright. It was bright. They could probably still, you know... Theoretically, you would still sleep in that time, even if it was bright out, but there was no like external stimuli that would tell you that it was nighttime, basically, um, preventing them from resetting their clocks in terms of light cue changes. It was as if they had flown from New York to Paris once a week. The result, younger rodents got sick and displayed mentally unstable behavior. 53% of the older mice just dropped dead. They just died. Fuck. Can you believe that? Just because they didn't get enough sleep. Like, they, their circadian rhythms were so thrown off that they couldn't go through their regular processes. That's, like, crazy to think about. And it's funny because you think, like, my... Part of the reason why I find it difficult to sleep on planes is because there's so much, like, happening around me. Like, screens and, like, light and stuff that, mm-hmm. like, I find difficult to sleep. So I have to, like, cover myself with a blanket mm-hmm. and be in darkness or to actually try and get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Unless I'm napping in. In which case, throw me in. But it's interesting because people are saying that they're killing themselves slowly. Like, people are worried, researchers are worried that we kill ourselves slowly when we are not, when we are working graveyard shifts. I see. Like, if someone... Not even just working graveyard shifts, I guess, just going to bed at... Inappropriate times, or not getting enough sleep, or sleeping in past the time that you were supposed to sleep in, but staying up too late. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, there were people, it's really interesting... They had two people, Susan and James, who were married, and they're one of them is a chronobiologist. Don't even I don't even know, um, and a <laughs> microbiologist who work at UCSD. And they start started wearing orange sunglasses while they were watching TV at night, Got that. so that their bodies didn't get blue light and think that it was daytime. What? Which is the thing that you've heard about. Like you've seen that on laptops and stuff, you can get the dim. Yeah, I mean, I they have them on iPhones now. You can turn it on. And then I, I use it on my Mac. It's called um, Flux. Yeah, Flux. Flux. I think there's one called Dawn as well. Yeah. Um, but you're supposed to use them because your body then doesn't isn't stimulated thinking that it's daytime. Because what I always forget is like as much as we are smart, intelligent people, if you boil us down to the root base of ourselves, we're all animals. 
And like we were evolved from animals that didn't have technology. Yeah. We didn't have computers and, and screens and in the last like 50 years that was developed. Yeah. So to think that in 50 years versus the millions of years of evolutionary biology that we've experienced, like in those 50 years, we're just forcing our brains to suddenly look at all these things and like pay attention to technology. It can't be good for us. No. You know, I mean, obviously we've adapted well enough or people would be dropping dead, but it is interesting that you could become more depressed if you don't get enough sleep or you're staring at screens for too long during yep. the day. You can get anxious. Yep. You can have anxious thoughts. I think partially the reason why I have such weird terror dreams is because I'm looking at screens all day. Do you have that thing set up on your phone, the night thing? I don't. I don't have it on my phone. Really? No, I need to do it. Oh, you just need to turn it on. I think you should have it. I don't know if I do because I have the older phone. Weird. I have the six. I don't have your newfangled 6x no it should be in the in the software but yeah that's crazy well either way i need to do it but but it's interesting it's very very interesting yeah and also like the thing that people are saying is obviously a lot of people are trying to find a way to like skirt this issue but what they've learned in the past five years is that circadian studies cannot be treated as a boutique discipline it's biology you cannot adequately study neurobiology metabolism microbiome without taking time into consideration all the processes in these cells and organs change over time and if you look at the static snapshot without considering that you don't get the right answer or at least not the whole answer so they're saying like there's something that has to control all the processes in your body and if you're fucking with that all the time you're going to be really really unhappy yeah so um i guess that's just like a shout out to everyone who you know feels like (laughs) they don't get enough sleep (laughs) or they're sleeping at the wrong times or they're always taking the graveyard shift because you do get paid more. Um, maybe it's not always to your benefit. Also, apparently our mental health is at risk, which we already knew. But wow. researchers have found that 70% of people with disorders that keep them from sleeping at the usual time, possibly due to genetic abnormalities, suffer from conditions like severe depression or anxiety. In fact, nearly two-thirds of bipolar sufferers report abnormal sleep cycles. Already, doctors treating cancer have used chronobiological findings to better plan their treatments. For example, undergoing chemotherapy later in the day increases patients' chances of avoiding nausea because stomach linings better repair themselves at that time. Wow. Isn't that weird? Much of the center's research can seem cumulatively like a condemnation of our modern lifestyle. Okay, basically they're saying, since the dawn of electricity, we have been engaging in a massive, uncontrolled experiment in disrupting ancient rhythms. And it's not just due to shift work. There are a thousand small ways that we use artificial light to ignore the subtle cues that change in nature give us all day. Inside light is just terrible for you. It's making us sick. So people are saying that you need to turn off your lights. Basically, what this article <laughs> is saying is like you need to go to bed like <laughs> like 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. and just sit in the dark for most of the time. Yep. As soon as, it, as soon as you hit nighttime, lights off, you're in the dark. Yep. But I realized, like, I, I was telling you this the other day. We, I was telling you this like three or four days ago, that I want to replace the time that I spend on my phone before I go to bed. With a book. Reading a book. Yeah. Just so I don't even look at a screen because I do find that I feel like my day I don't know if you've noticed this but and maybe it's just because I'm watching stuff that I shouldn't be be watching or it's just like running my brain down but I feel like my day is worse when I've started my day watching YouTube videos and I've ended my day watching YouTube videos yeah I think that's a good point you know what I mean I don't know maybe that's crazy but yeah well great well thanks for that yeah also apparently it's keeping us obese Sorry, I'm mean, adding more, okay. but there's so many bad things. I'm going to read this whole article afterwards because I'm just skimming this. And this is on a pop 
science, popular yes. science. So if you guys want to watch this, maybe I'll maybe or watch this. If you guys want to read this article, um, I'll tweet it out on my Twitter so you guys can check it out. But it's a really interesting article all about just getting some fucking sleep, guys, and doing it at the right times and not looking at screens all okay, day. Okay. Not looking at screens. Okay. I sound like my dad. All right. Well. <laughs> Uh, I think that about ends it here. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going on and on about it, but it's really... Oh, there's something about India? Okay, okay uh, sorry, sorry, I'm done okay, with that. Okay. Um, this is your circadian rhythm, guys. Thanks, Stay safe. Thanks for listening anyway, guys. Uh, I hope you've had a good week, and uh, we will see you all... Next week. Next week. <laughs> all right. For another segment of Crash on My Couch. Yeah, for another episode of. Yeah, that's true. Another episode of Crash on My Couch. Hey. Make sure you um, get some sleep and um, don't look at screens. And um, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Crash on My Couch would not be Crash on My Couch without the help of these wonderful people. Mm-hmm. A special thanks to executive producer Tim Street, my manager Byron Ashley, producer Emma Kikuchi, and our editor Jason Perrier, and for production assistance from Alan Ortega. Thank you, guys.